0: Black Oni. This is Solid Snake, and you are now listening to the Black Oni podcast. So pay some damn attention. Damn.
1: Welcome everyone to the Black Oni podcast. I, as you can all imagine, am so excited to bring this episode to you today. Uh, This is episode 91. We are climbing our way over to 100, which is, you know, a lot of podcasts don't even make it out of 10. So I'm really proud of that. Really proud of that. Uh, Before I go into detail about anything else, I want to take a moment to uh, introduce our guests as well as our hot seat special guest. Uh, So first and foremost, right next to me, we have Dream Manifested. Please tell the folks at home.
2: (coughs) What's going on, everybody? You know who it is, the man, the myth and the legend. The harem king himself, uh, you know, we just, I had to jump on for this podcast today because it's a very special thing, and I like to be around the special things, but yeah, you know where to find me, Dream Manifested, IG, Twitter, and most of the other things.
1: Mm, beautiful. Uh, it's Yoru, Chris. What's up?
3: What's going on, everyone? Como va? gente. Thank you for coming. Uh, always a pleasure to be on the, uh, the podcast. Um, looking forward to today, and... Hell yeah.
1: Yes. And last but not least, obviously, the uh, special
0: guest of today, David Hader. Hello. Thank you for having me. And I'm sorry to all of your listeners that I kept you waiting, huh? <laughs> um, before we go into our
1: our uh, icebreaker, I just want to say um, most of the people who are in the, the chat right now who know me already know that I'm a gigantic Metal Gear fan. It's actually the uh, biggest reason why I became an artist. Uh, growing up, uh, I was in—I was inspired by the overall package of what was being presented for Metal Gear Solid. It was—it was breaking the wall of what I expected a game could be. Uh, everything down from the music to the convoluted storytelling uh, to the voices, especially—all um, of that really resonated with me in a way that other mediums hadn't before. So. I just want to take a moment to, first of all, like, let you know that and also address that. Like, this is a really uh, dope
0: moment for me. Um, oh, well, I, I appreciate that. I, I'm, I'm so happy to be here and I'm so happy that uh, Metal Gear was an inspiration to your career and your art. Uh, you know, that's um, I hear that from a lot of people and that that's really the greatest achievement that a that a piece of entertainment can can boast. So. Uh, uh, so thank you so much for for saying that and having me yeah man
1: my pleasure um as we as we do in all of our podcasts we start with our uh, icebreaker icebreaker
3: <laughs> I think you might need that one next that one yeah right, <laughs>
0: right? just take a sound clip of it now you now you I, got it
3: yeah i think i was like that's that's the one going. that's
0: forward. the one <laughs> icebreaker
1: uh, um what is the scariest game you've ever played? Silent and, Hill. Uh sorry, what was your follow-up? No, 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 no. I I want you to I, I was gonna say if you didn't have one for someone else to go first, but uh why why Silent Hill? It scared the
0: bejesus out of me. <laughs> like it I you know, I played a lot of horror games and and some of them are scary, but that was genuinely like living a horror movie it freaked me out and that that belt the gong would start going and the world changed and uh, you know the opening where you're just where you're i'm talking about the first game because i never played any of the others uh smart man where you where you're moving through the alleyway and it's just and then you realize you i don't know you're being chased by little skinned children with knives or whatever oh my god it was it was terrifying it was so beautifully uh, executed, so to speak, and um, uh, yeah, genuinely scared me.
1: Mm-hmm. What about you, Chris?
3: Oof. Um, obviously, Ari was pretty terrifying as a kid with uh, playing with pops, but Dad did get Silent Hill as well, and I remember that scene very vividly. Just being like, "Man, this is a weird game. This isn't like Resident Evil." And then you go down the stairs, and like the other uh, world just starts opening up, and you're like alright, this is terrifying. And, yeah, and then you're in, like, Silent Hill's, like, core, like, terrifying world, and you're like, alright, this is, I need to get out of the My dad, um, (laughs) David, uh, my dad used to play a lot of, like, horror games when I I was a kid, so I have a huge love for horror games, and also, every single time doesn't fail to get me, like, alright, I'm terrified, but I need to keep playing. (laughs) Yeah, I, I played all the
0: Resident Evil games, I love them, and, you know, sometimes they're scary, things pop out at you, but It was nothing like Silent Hill. Silent Hill was so disturbing and and suspenseful, and you know, it was like it was just you know the cinematic effects of it were really upsetting. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah,
3: ahead of the time, um, uh, what was it? Uh, what was it? Uh, Team Silent, I believe, at the time was working over there at um Konami for this, but um, they were they were like, all right, try not to be re like, but also try to like. You know bring the best qualities of um you know like resident evil moment and then all of a sudden this game just comes out and it's just like yeah this is terrifying yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah well y'all are better than me i'm not really the biggest horror guy um i played the pt demo i played i mean the resident evils i did play them back in the day as compared to some of the actual more horror games i don't really feel like they were that scary you know you have your little oh shit, and you shoot something as long as i can shoot i'm fine <laughs> right um <laughs> Most recently, the thing like I started playing uh, was it biohazard. That's a little creepy just because it's more a little bit like deliverance in my way. But isn't biohazard uh, in my, just Resident Evil? It is Yeah, it biohazard. Is. Is. OK, the thing that has actually gotten me uh, the most recent is actually Call of Duty because it caught me off because <laughs> it caught me off guard and those stupid boxes man like I would turn my head and I was like yeah yeah Talk to my teammate yeah about to open up this box and then it's just on your screen yelling and it's like
1: oh it was sold
2: <laughs> it hit me with a soul so I'm, no, I'm not like I said I don't really find a lot of things too too scary but I don't like outlast is a no-go for me if I can't fight back it's not happening yeah right
1: <laughs> yeah that's
2: fatal my frame
3: choice for me would be a close second yeah fatal frame and is right up there too though oh crimson butterfly no.
1: outlast for me was just like because you couldn't fight back you could literally only hide and what was chasing you was human enough but also like it was just delving into non-human very quickly and in, in interesting but creepy ways
0: i, I haven't played that one but uh, yeah. yeah you walk around with a camera. That's oh, it. No, I, yeah, yeah.
2: I, don't that. I don't
0: care for that. If I don't have an axe or a shotgun, I'm not interested.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Um, and kind of a uh, going off of that as well. Um, I don't know what is going on with the camera over here. I'm gonna have to refresh this, but we'll continue talking uh, in general anyway. Uh, what's David? Was the first game that you've ever played?
0: Well. You know, I'm old as hell. I, the first game I ever played was Pong, man. Yeah. So, I, 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 I you know, I do, I do, my birth predates video games. So, uh, yeah. So I've, I've been there since the beginning. Yeah. And actually, I did, uh, when I was living in Japan, um, I was 16. A video game company came to our school and found four English speakers, including me, to do voices for arcade games. And I, I don't, I don't know what games they ended up on. What? But I've been doing voices for games since they've had voices in games. So, so, so. I've never, uh, I've never, never known that. that.
1: And I feel like I've, I've done my research. Yeah, I mean, I've I, looked I mean, into I've things. I've said it here and there, but it's, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I mentioned it here and there, but it's it's a little annoying because I can't remember why I, I, they never told us what games they were going to be in. But um, but you know, we did pilot voices and soldier voices, things like that, and and uh, we just did a, a few hours sessions, and it was really it was pretty cool. So as a as a as an old school gamer, I uh, I was really jazzed to start my career there. Okay, okay, very cool. Uh...
1: Looking back then and looking at now, um, maybe this has changed, but what is your favorite gaming genre? Uh,
0: I RPG. OK. Uh, you know, I love a good story and I love sort of the leveling up of that, of, 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 of those worlds. Um, you know, like I really loved uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, I love Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima. Yes. Um, you know there's something really satisfying about sort of building up from a character that sucks into a badass who who can conquer anything and um i just really enjoy you know i enjoy those as 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 i do like you know epic movies that sort of thing yeah yeah i mean Uh, i like all i like all kinds of games i like flying games i like star wars games i like you know all sorts of things but um and i really like the um what was the last star wars rpg uh uh Fallen Order. Yeah. Is it Fallen Order? Yeah. Fallen Order.
3: Yep. Yeah. It is Fallen Order.
0: Yeah, so I like that one a lot too. And yeah. uh, I also like playing Spider-Man. I, I it's not, I think I'm gaming too much. <laughs> I don't there's no such thing. Is that a thing?
1: I feel more people honestly should be, especially especially in Hollywood, should be playing more games. Um for a multitude of reasons. It kind of just expands your conventional thinking of things in general, it, it kind of challenges you in ways where you have to be active and a pass, uh, passive listener and uh, a participant in the story. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it, well, it also lets you know what um, what kids are, are being presented with, you know yeah. what worlds they're experiencing, and what, you know it keeps you from sort of repeating things. it allows you to take elements from, from great games and apply them to films or television. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, these are the worlds that our audiences are living. And so I think it really helps as a creator to, to, to know, um, what, what the, what the state of the art is.
2: Mm -hmm. I agree.
0: And it's something I've actually got tried to convey to
2: my parents, uh, between games and anime, um, they, my dad, well, my dad used to play games with me back on the Sega, like every now and then, but you yeah. fell off. But it's like they always like, How can you be into it? And it's like, it's just another medium. They literally is just another way for you to get a story across. So if you just yeah. take the time, you'll you might find an animated. that you like. You might find a
0: game and say, Okay,
2: this story is interesting. I gotta learn how to press these buttons, but
0: I'm here for the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: let's you
0: know, yeah, try to fun. get the buttons tend to hang up the parents, but uh, yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. So who
0: are you telling? Well, it's like Metal Gear, you know, my, my, my parents would have loved to have known what I was doing, but there's, it's so complex and so difficult to work that, you know, there's just no way you have to be a real gamer to, to get through those games.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I just Thanks. I just had the realization of just you just trying to explain to your parents what you're doing and the convoluted yeah. storylines. just <laughs> yeah. like, oh
0: my god. Oh I don't know. So even, I'm doing I'm, this. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, no, the, the yeah, it was the super baby project and uh yeah, that you get lost pretty pretty damn fast.
1: Yeah. Um and, and speaking, you you mentioned earlier about uh your very first uh voice acting job when you were still a student. Um yeah. What what was your early career like? Like what happened after that? What what was that transition like?
0: Well, uh, then I kind of got hooked. I mean, I was already into acting. Uh, you know, I would I would do the school plays. I produce plays, you know, for me to be in. And stuff. Was, this is this is all I ever wanted to do. And then after I did the first voiceover job, I was like, that's that seems like the best job in the world. Um, so I started doing like English language tapes in Japan. Um, I started doing commercials I was uh, it's embarrassing to say but I was a model so I do you know they'd hire me to to play a a gaijin waiter in a in a tuxedo or whatever um, and you know I just I just snagged whatever jobs I could get in, in Kobe and Osaka uh, and then I came back when I left Japan I went to theater school in Toronto I studied uh, theater and all sorts of things singing dance everything and then a year later i said to hell with this i'm moving to hollywood and so i did and that's uh you know i just started hustling in hollywood and and after a few years i started working and and uh, uh and then about eight years in i i had my big two big breaks uh, metal gear and x-men and and i was on my way yeah so when you
1: I'm gonna go with the, the, uh, the question that I already have uh, on here. Cause I have a lot of other questions that can spawn off of that. But, sure. um, what, what made you, aside from your original, um, work with voice acting, what made you decide that you really wanted to go down that route? Like whether it was just like a, it, it was what you had been used to doing at that point or desire. Sorry.
0: You mean voiceover specifically? Yes. Um, when I was a kid, my parents would do like funny accents and things, and you know they talk in an Irish accent or they you know do this or that or whatever, and um, and so we always we'd kind of joke around with voices uh, since I was little. And, and my mother was an actress, and um, when uh, and then when I went to theater school, I, I I I should be speaking like this. I trained my voice to you know, project to the back of the theater. And I, I, I gained a lot of control, breath control, learned to sing, you know, all that stuff. So I just had a facility for, for voices. And, and, and when I started getting voiceover work, you know, it was just like doing a radio play. And I realized I could like, you know, give a sense of action to my voice, a sense of movement. Um, you know, it, it just, it just seemed to fit. And, uh, and like I say, it's you know it's arguably the the greatest job in the world. It's 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 pretty fun and not too much pressure, and the people are all universally nice. You know, um, I mean they're nice enough on on camera, but there's a lot of egos and stuff, and in voiceover that just disappears. Mm. So, you know, it's a uh, it's a nice world to be a part of. So, um, actually, what actually what happened was. Uh, I did an episode of Major Dad, which I think you can find on Hulu, where I played a Russian, the son of a Russian uh, soldier coming to visit the Major. And so, you know, I have a Russian accent, I speak like this, I make out with Major's daughter, you know, and and a a legendary voiceover director, Gordon Hunt, who's Helen Hunt's father, um, hired me, was in the audience when we taped it, And he hired me to play a Russian on Captain Planet. And so so I went in and I, you know, I went up to the the casting director, who was Chris Zimmerman, who eventually ended up directing all the Metal Gear games. And I said, look, I've never done this, you know, before. Uh, I'm a little nervous. And she's like, just take your script, sit over there. We'll all go into the booth together and you'll be fine. So I said, thanks. And I took the script and I backed out and I bumped into a guy and I turned around and it was Mark Hamill. And I was like... I was like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And literally and literally, standing behind him was John Reese Davies, who played Sala in Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, and everybody was so cool, so <laughs> sweet. And, and so, uh, yeah, that's where I really got hooked. That's where I was like, this is, this is the best job in the world. Wow, that's amazing! I actually
2: do have a question in, uh, as it pertains to voice acting compared to um, actual acting. Uh, well, yeah. you, you act. I would both say and...
0: on camera acting. So yeah,
2: on camera acting. There we go. Um, you got your start with doing the voice acting first, or the on camera? uh
0: well, technically, uh, my first. No, my technically my first gig was I was I was fifteen years old and I booked a. Uh, A hostess taquito's chip commercial in toronto Mm -hmm. and um and there was and sort of the lead of the commercial was this 17 year old actress named cree summer and i don't know if you know who cree summer is but she is a legendary voice actress and uh i was so in awe of her and i just got to hang out for two days and shoot that so uh technically my first pro gig was was on camera so um and the the reason why
2: i asked is i was just curious and between the two, do you find it harder or easier to get into character? uh, When you just or in the voice acting world, when you're reading a script? Do you get the opportunity to do some of these scenes or acts like with your 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 teammates around? Or is it always by yourself?
0: Um, I think it's easier to get into character in voiceover because you are you you have the benefit of them not seeing your face so it's just your voice and you're going to have an animated character pasted over your voice right so the animated character does a lot of the work for you okay um not that you don't have to do work you have to you know figure out your character you have to do this thing but if my character is solid snake that's one thing if he's a big tar monster that's another thing and the visuals of it give the audience mental cues as to the believability of the character um, when you're on camera there's no place to hide like you, you especially if people have seen you in other things if you're trying to do something different if you're doing an accent or whatever that's why it's weird when a super famous actor does uh, you know a new accent you're like well that's not how he talks you. You know? <laughs> right So, but, but you throw on an accent in in voiceover I played a, you know, a somewhat Scottish guy in The Long Dark and he was this huge guy with a red beard and it's like don't let me die Mackenzie you know mm-hmm. and it just it kind of it, 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 it helps you a lot um, so and then there was another part of your question that I can't remember um long ago. I think it was kind of just uh do you actually
2: do your lines and stuff with your your cast supporting cast or like in terms of it, like you mentioned the the animations kind of do you get the do you see the animations? does the animations happen
0: before the voices depends it's it's uh it's always different um i so i did nine metal gear games and i always wanted to see the actors or the or the animation to to record with it like the first game we did metal gear one uh was done so we did the animation two or we did the cut out a little bit oh can you hear me yeah we can hear you now Okay, uh, so in Metal Gear Two, um, the game wasn't finished, so we just had we had voice um, tracks that we could see, so we could see the length of time we had to speak, but we couldn't see the characters moving. Yeah. And then in Metal Gear Four, we had video of the motion capture actors, but not the finished game. So it was all Japanese actors in the ping pong ball suits, climbing, <laughs> you know, two by fours and stuff like that, and you had to act to that. So okay. Uh, so it's always different, but. But most of the time you don't get the script in advance. Like most of the time you just get it. And when you hear me read the line, it's the first time I'm reading the line, which makes <laughs> it difficult gotcha. to, to, to make it sound natural. Duly noted. Hmm. Yeah.
1: And hmm. you know, you just mentioned Metal Gear. It's a perfect transition. Um, most of the community uh, here know that uh, obviously I'm a big Metal Gear fan. Uh, that's, the, that's the instantly recognizable thing. Um, I remember hearing in an interview before kind of what what it felt like to kind of start doing that. But what was the you just mentioned just now what the process of seeing those lines for the first time, for example, being like, but how would you compare that to some of your other experiences in voice acting?
0: Well, a lot of times it was a lot weirder. Yeah. I was like, "What the hell am I talking about over here?" And you know, all of that, all that complex backstory and everything starts coming at you. And I haven't had a chance to read the script, so I'm like, "What is the super baby method? Like, what, what am I talking about here?" Genome soldiers. Genome soldiers. Sunny's making eggs. Like, what the hell? You know, there's so many weird tangents and, and. histories and, and all this stuff and so i just have to if i don't get it i have to ask uh chris the director what does this mean and she tends to you know she'll call tokyo and say get down. she don't know either <laughs> yeah no i mean we don't, we don't know and so uh so we have to find out from kojima's team like what am i talking about and how do i know this person and is there a history here like when gray fox shows up you know there's a huge amount of history between those two characters yes but for me it's i'm in the place of the audience i i don't know this guy i don't know what like how do i feel about him how do i were we friends were we enemies well kind of both you know it's yeah it's a, it's a strange yeah. uh situation uh in something as complex and and occasionally bizarre as as metal gear yeah i feel like that could be
1: a strength if it were any other ip where it wasn't quite as convoluted where like you're getting into it for the first time and you're like oh you get to be caught off guard you get to react naturally to what's happening but that only works if you have the context
0: yeah it, well that's the point is you yeah. need, need context and i think you know but that's part of what makes metal gear so compelling is you feel that there's a huge world here that you're seeing glimpses of and that it just goes on and on and on mm-hmm. and that that makes for a pretty epic experience but uh but yeah you know translating it on the fly is is not not easy <laughs> yeah
3: I can imagine. Uh, I have a question actually. Um, do you, do you read, um, like, are are the scripts given to you on just any voice acting or or like a gig, are they given to you and you have to read them, you know, like from start to finish or they're just like, Hey, we're going to jump into this action scene or, Hey, we're going to come, you know, like uh, we're going to have you read this monologue and then jump you around in bits and pieces throughout like the, um, throughout the game or the script.
0: Uh, you know, in on camera, you get the script in advance, and you get to work it and work it and work it. Um, in voiceover, especially with games with NDAs and 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 stuff, right. that doesn't tend to happen. Like the only script yeah. I got in, va- in advance on Metal Gear was the first one, and I started reading it, but it was it was literally a stack of pages two feet high. Like I mean, it was you know it was Oof. so. It would have been like reading War and Peace or something. Like I, there was no way to get through it <laughs> no way. in the week between I got cast and and playing the part. Um, but no, okay. and then and then and that took a, so just to give you some idea, Metal Gear One took us like ten days to record. Metal Gear Four took us nine months. Wow! So the script for wow. that would have you know filled the room. Uh, you know there, there's no way to even FedEx it. Yeah. Um, so you know so no I I don't tend to get it in advance. I, I just did the pilot for a um an Australian anime show which is a secret. Uh I'm 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 I can't tell you what it is but this is the first I'm talking about it here. Um okay. let's go. The, it's an exclusive. Okay, okay. Um hey, we got it. <laughs> And that one, and again, because it's anime, it was weird. And, uh, and so they sent me the script in advance and I, you know, that was 22 pages. So I was able to go through it and figure out what I was doing, uh, in advance. But it's always, you never know. You never know in advance what it's going to be. Um, every, every job is different. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And also kind of like,
3: yeah, just (laughs) how quick are you and, uh, to think on your feet and how you can, you know, deliver this while going, oh my God, (laughs) just all in order.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it it it's a unique. That's awesome. It's a unique. It's it's a unique set of skills. Mm. A what? certain <laughs> set of skills.
1: How, how much did you practice the specific voice for Snake before settling on it? And what what would other versions of that sound
0: like? Well, I auditioned with my my vo- my real voice which is this yeah and um you know like i say i'm older now at the time i was 28 and i sounded pretty young um and so i got the script and i read the opening scene uh with uh the colonel and being you know in the submarine being launched out uh, to the thing and right. it was like he'd already retired uh he was already mm-hmm. a legend he didn't want to be brought back he was bitter about it. And I felt like this guy's older than me and I've got to put some road miles on my voice Mm -hmm. because I really sounded like a kid. And so just reading it, I was like, I got to I got to add in this, this weight and Mm. this, this, this bitterness and scars, you know, make it sound like he's just got scars and experience. And so it kind of just came out of reading this, this scene, um, you know, it didn't make any sense to me to say, you know, Colonel, I didn't want to come back because it sounded like I'd never been anywhere. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I so I just so it just became that what it became. And then uh, halfway through recording the first day, Chris said, Hey, can I play you the voice you auditioned with? And so she played it for me It was completely different. And I was like, Oh, is that bad? Like, you know, (laughs) do we we need to redo it? And she's like, No, I love it. So. So that's how it happened. Wow wow
1: yeah, that's, that's so, good. so good that's how it happened yeah, that's you answered how both it of those happens. questions like perfectly <laughs> It
0: was like what would it have sounded like otherwise and you're like just me <laughs> yeah it would have sounded it would have sounded like me i mean i you know i used to play um all i ever played was heroes or fighter pilots or you know just sort of heroic young characters and that's what i got cast for but but it became something else because of the because of the situation yeah that's so dope what
1: would you do if you could write snake differently? Because
0: it was dope. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Some of the people, uh, at home may not <laughs> realize that you also write, you direct, you, uh, executive produce. Um, how would you write snake
0: differently? Oh, well, uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a dangerous question. Um, <laughs> my, My writing voice is not the same as Mr. Kojima's writing voice. Yes. Um, uh, I write, you know, so I wrote, uh, I was, the you know, uh, X-Men, I was a writer on X-Men 2. Those films, X-Men 2 in particular, is really represents my voice, like what I do, which is sort of, you know, poppy, hopefully smart, heroic american films um and it's difficult for me i mean i try to write in different styles and i and sometimes i pull it off but i couldn't write metal gear i barely understand metal Gear. you know um there's so much uh there's so much brilliance and unique uh writing and a unique voice and so much research into the state of the world and genome manipulation and armies for hire, or like all this stuff that I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it the way Mr. Kojima does. And that's not to say that I'm not proud of my own writing. I am. I I love particularly, you know, X-Men X2, or, mm-hmm. or I was very, very proud of the, remain very, very proud of those films. But, um, but I think if I wrote Metal Gear, it would be. Uh, a lot more American style action movie. Like mm. I, you know, I should be writing the, the Metal Gear movie, um, but for some reason I'm not. So, uh, uh, who do we have to talk yeah. to? Uh, <laughs> oh, I've already talked. I, mean, <laughs> I talked to I talked to Jordan about the director of the movie, and, and um, right. anyway, well, he can he can talk about that. Uh, okay, but, but we're we're pretty close. He's a he's a he's a good man and a big fan. That's good to know yeah that it's is good to know. oh yeah he's awesome yeah, we, <laughs> we, we got together you know pre-pandemic obviously uh, at a at a hollywood speakeasy and just drank for four hours and and it was great mm. really bonded awesome. he's a good man that sounds like a good, <laughs> he's a good time. man and he really that... knows and he really knows metal gear and he really cares about it from a fan's perspective so hopefully that movie will get made and be great and, and uh there you go Well, that
3: makes us happy, too, because it's it's always a thing of like, here's Hollywood trying to adapt something that we are very passionate about. And at the same time, you like you're like, please don't mess this up. Please don't mess this up. Please don't mess this up. And they've casted a very good director and they have a lot of great supporting cast, too. So it's it's something that a, a lot of us are looking forward to. And it's really nice to hear that you're behind Jordan's vision, too. So it's like. Oh,
0: totally. Yeah. Actually, I pitched him. I, you know, I had put together a pitch for the Metal Gear movie long ago and you know we we pitched it to sony but they weren't ready to move forward on the movie yet and i talked wow. to jordan i was like well here's what i want to do with the movie and he stopped me halfway through and he's like stop that's what we're doing I was oh like, that's great okay. <laughs> that's... so that was so that was pretty cool that's really so comforting like, to hear yeah
3: Oof. i'm um, feeling better about the uh the movie.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's being it's it's definitely in the hands of, of a super fan. And and, you know, it's hard. It's hard to translate. It's a, obviously a, oh, yeah. a very strange and complicated world. So um, but what I, I felt so much better once I got to know Jordan.
1: Mm-hmm. What has been the most useful advice that you've gotten as you started your journey?
0: Um, I don't know. Never. You know, you get knocked down, get back up. Just keep breathing. Don't take it too personally. Um, you know, if, if there's a problem, just just write it out. Think your way through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, don't you know don't take the don't take the punishments and the humiliations too too personally. Mm. It's all a, it's all a long journey, and and you've got to um, you know I kind of play it like a game. Uh, not that I don't take it seriously, but that I don't let it kill me if, you know, a movie doesn't do well or some critic hates me or, or you know, I or I write something and they're like, no, we, we don't like this. And they, and they cancel the project, you you know. The first movie I, I made that I produced uh, was called Burn. Mm. And when the sales deal, we had a deal set up with a studio and it fell apart. And that was sort of the lowest point, mostly because I was broke and I didn't have any money. Mm. Um, been there so it yeah of yep. course and and it you know it happens to everybody but I was so devastated and I was like I can't work any harder than that and if that's not gonna you know pay off uh, maybe I need to quit um, and then literally the two years later I ended up writing X-Men mm. uh, and so you know since then I've had many many disappointments failures what have you but I've also had a lot more money and so it made me feel better yeah you know yeah it's easier it's easier to take the failure if you're if you got a nice house and a pool and <laughs> that's true imagine yeah so so that was the best advice that you had received that's a compilation of the best advice that i ever got and and um uh, i'm just and so i'm regurgitating it to to young people who are um striving to make their voices heard to to be successful to uh to achieve success um so, yeah, it's just a it's just a mishmash of my philosophy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I totally um,
1: I totally align with that. You know, there's especially when it comes to bigger projects like that, that you're you've you've done all of the legwork to get to where it is. And for whatever reason, it just didn't end up um, panning out the way it should have. You know, I totally know where you're coming from
0: when it comes to that. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I think everybody does. It's, it's, you know, you you look at um, people who start their careers and are just instant superstars, and then they remain so for their entire life. Like the Rolling Stones. You know, they they were seventeen years old, mm-hmm. but at sixteen when they started, and by seventeen they were playing arenas. Yeah. You know, but that's just not. It's possible. You, you know, you can be. Leonardo DiCaprio go out to Hollywood get a TV show turn into a giant movie star for your entire life. Yeah, but that is rare. A it's very very rare and B you have to be born with that mm. you know but the point is is that anybody if they have the fire and and are and are willing to work can make themselves an artist and in, in, in whatever they are driven to do if they're driven hard enough mm-hmm. if they if they're unwilling to be stopped mm-hmm. um you know anyone can can go out and achieve these things uh but 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 it's likely to take it's likely to be a bumpy road it's likely to be a long road and um you know you you have your ups and downs and that's that's the reality for most people mm-hmm. uh, so and i would even say you know i'm sure leo has his ups and downs as as, as well it's mm-hmm. just they're a lot more comfortable than ours.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what would you say um, has been the biggest difference in between how you've approached your work with voice acting uh, to writing to executive production? Because uh, those are all fairly different things. Uh, there's a lot more that I don't fully know about executive production because I know that that can be broken down to many different Definitions. Well, there's all kinds of
0: different producers. There's creative producers. There's physical producers. There's money producers. Yes. Um, uh, I'm sorry. What was the what was the framing of that question? like what is the difference between those things? Or or how did I find my way? I would say, I yeah, it was kind of a
1: weird way to to ask it because I actually changed it a little bit. Um, how's your approach been different for those three different things?
0: Um, so I started as an actor, and I had written. I was writing mostly for myself to understand acting better and i wrote i'd written some short scripts um, and and a feature but i never really had any idea how to pursue how to sell um my writing Mm. you know i i just didn't understand that world acting i was like well you just put your face out there and you're you know super good looking and everything will be fine right (laughs) Um, uh, so that seems pretty straightforward but um, but the writing, I didn't know how to do, but that was something I loved. Then when I produced burn in 1998, I, uh, I raised the money. I raised a quarter of a million dollars and I physically, you know, produced that film with, um, with, uh, my line producer who knew, you know, who knew how. I didn't do it, but I, you know, I was there every step of the way, sort of putting together the film, casting it, getting the sets built and all that stuff. And I found out, you know, and that's more management, you know, that's like running a company. Mm-hmm. And I found out that I was pretty good at it and that it was, you know, it was behind the scenes, but it was, it was really fun and, and challenging to, to pull off. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was a, was a big uh, biotech executive. And so I, I sort of took his attitude and his, you know, work ethic and applied it to that and I found out that I really loved, um, producing and, um, and there's just a whole different set of skills that I, I, I discovered in myself. And then, you know, a year after that, I ended up working on X-Men as a professional writer. And then I had to develop those skills. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, in some ways I was a good writer, in some ways I was a terrible writer. <laughs> and, uh, I had to have like a level people sort of say, yeah, this is good. This is not good. Mm-hmm. Don't do this anymore. So. You know, it's a learning process for all of, all of those um, jobs, and and uh, I I love them all. It's a nice, it's nice to be able to sort of jump from one thing to the other.
1: Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't really get the opportunity, uh, or, or even the drive to do so many different things within the entire production role. So, yeah, that alone no, is is really, super cool.
0: I was very fortunate, and I knew I knew. You know, my my friend group included very talented people who were doing amazing things and and opened doors for me that that um, you know allowed me to have this weird and varied career.
4: Mm-hmm. That's
0: a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. It's it's and again, like <laughs> I say, you know, you go out there as an artist and you just sort of embrace the things you love and you bring love and positivity to it and and um, And energy and and hard work and people recognize that and they're like oh you know what what people don't understand is older producers older money people they they want young people to come and make the money yeah you know they want they want to you know they look at you gentlemen and say oh my god look at your energy and look at your talent and i want to you know they want to exploit that they want to they want to make money but in a way but in that way it allows you as the artist to, to to open the doors to larger audiences and um, and a lot of that comes from attitude uh, uh-huh. attitude over talent so, you know in many in many cases I mean talent is very helpful mm-hmm. um, but being willing to do hard work and being you know on fire with it is really the key I think yeah now I'm just, I'm just soaking in all these jewels that's all <laughs>
1: I appreciate that it's a lot of Absolutely. valuable, valuable information, and also context as to even some of the other questions that we, we're going to ask you too. Um, which is, you know, you, you mentioned kind of that trajectory in learning process of going through all these different things.
0: Uh, what, what, how did warrior nun happen? How would you start working on that? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I and this is a good lesson too. When I was Uh, Younger. So I'm friends with Jennifer Hale. You know, Jennifer Hale. Oh, absolutely. um, She's a legendary voice actress, and she's just amazing. Yeah, Um, She was already one of the top 10 voice actresses in in the world uh, when we were both in our mid-20s. And she said a cool thing. She was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to a place of being a beginner and really look at my career as starting fresh. and, And instead of being like, oh, I'm already a pro- Nobody can tell me anything. I'm going to be open to every new thing. And it was just such a beautiful attitude. Mm-hmm. So, you know, cut to um, I don't know many years later, uh, a few years ago, I was like, you know, feature movie writing um, is really frustrating, especially if you're writing expensive movies, because most of the time they don't get made. Nobody wants to pull the trigger on 100, 150 million dollar movie. So I was writing all these movies and I was making money, but nothing was getting made. Mm. And it was really dragging on my heart. And uh, and I was just getting tired of it. And and I was like, you know, there's only so long they're going to keep paying me to, to not make movies. I mean, you know, they're still doing it today. So who knows? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but TV in that time became so good um, where I never wanted to write TV before. Suddenly it was like, you can do so much more on a TV show than um, you can in an expensive movie. An expensive movie, they don't want you to take any risks. Do anything. You can go super far and explore riskier things. So I said, you know I want to be a I want to be a TV producer. So you know, I was a big name writer, um, but nobody but people were like, you've never done TV before, so they didn't trust me. Give me the keys. So I, to a big show, so I said, I'm gonna do the Jennifer Hale route, and I met with Netflix, and I said, look, all I want is TV experience. You don't have to give me some huge deal. I mean, you have to give me a pretty good deal, but you don't have to give me <laughs> some, you don't have to give me a crazy expensive deal. I just wanna work in a writer's room, and I want the experience of, of putting together a season and figuring out what that's about. And, um, and so this executive, Chris Regina, told, um, Simon Barry, who was the showrunner of warrior Nun, look, David haters look, looking to get TV experience. Would you be willing to, to bring him on board? So Simon got in touch with me, um, and said, yeah, come on board. So I came aboard as, um, I was a supervising producer, like a sort of a consulting producer. Uh, and, um, and we put together this show and it was awesome. And I just got to run with it and and work in a writer's room with other people, which as a screenwriter you don't get, you know, you're just in your room going insane. Right. Right. You know, and I was like I was like I might be too crazy to to work with other people at this point. You know, I might be <laughs> you know, I'm too used to having my own way, I'm too bossy, you know, whatever. But it wasn't like that. It was just everybody was super nice and collaborative and we came up with with the first season of that show, which I'm so proud of. Like I think it's really unique in its voice. I think it kicks ass. I think it it really is very empowering for for young women um yes. it was a completely racially diverse room so we were you know it was our goal was to be like celebrate everybody and give everybody their power which was everything i ever wanted to do so yeah. we made the first season um it, it came out great uh and when we got picked up for second season i got promoted to executive producer and now i'm you know second in command on the show and uh so i i just i I put my ego aside i started again in a new arena and um you know it's working out pretty well so now now i'm producing um producing a an animated show at crunchyroll which we'll be announcing soon i believe is this Um, the australian thingy no no the australian thingy i just got offered as an actor ah okay gotcha which which oh. is really cool yeah so it's kind of cool i get to go back and be an actor i don't have to worry about the scripts i don't have to worry about you know production or anything like that yeah um but uh so yeah so i must be nice oh it's great oh it's great when i get to just act in something you know yeah. i don't have to i don't have to worry about anything and i'm like you, you go know, back to
1: doing the thing that got you into this in the first place
0: exactly it's just simple yeah. and it's beautiful and and you know and it's super fun and I mean, you know, producing a TV show is super fun, but it's it's a lot more stress and it's a lot more work. And um, so,
1: yeah, I'm actually showing the trailer for Warrior Nun right now for anyone who has who was unfortunate enough to not have seen it already. Um, oh,
0: cool. Yeah. my That, that trailer is pretty badass. It's it's great. Yeah, yeah. And I, I literally
1: was like thinking to myself watching this. I was like, this reminds me so much of like a, a comic book, but it's so different. It's so interesting. And I'm watching yeah. it with my fiance, and her mom has watched it and loved it, and has been, you know, telling us to go watch it. And so we we finally watched it. We saw the trailers on Netflix. I was like, this is so cool. It's Like the name is super weird because it's like, okay, I guess she yeah. is a warrior nun, so you know, maybe maybe swords of the. Uh, I forgot what the thing was. I was like, that would have been such a cooler title.
0: Oh, the Order of the Crucible, I'm
1: sorry. Or of the Order of the Crucible. Ooh. That was like that'd be so cool. Um, but then I remember seeing the credits and I saw your name and I was like, there's no way <laughs> like this whole time, someone else I've already like known and respected doing all this other stuff is now like executive producer on this project. That's so cool.
0: Uh, thank you so much. Uh, uh, sorry. I'm asking my wife to bring me, uh, a drink. Yes,
1: please, um, <laughs> please.
0: <laughs> drink or a drink? Uh, no, 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 just, a, just a drink. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no the drinking the drinking doesn't start till 6 Six thirty. 30. gotcha, gotcha. Um, <laughs> um but then it starts <laughs> <laughs> yes then, just don't stop then with we, then, then we're not messing about um uh yeah thank you uh so um well like for example uh you know uh if you watch episode four of warrior nun that's that's I mean, I, you know, I had a, a hand in sort of developing all the episodes, but that was the first one I wrote on my own. Mm. And so that's the one where, where Sister B faces off in the hallway and all those do, And I was like, this is my chance to show them what I do and to define the action of this show. And, and so I did, so I just went balls out on the, on, on that sequence. Yeah. And then the, and then our stunt people were like Game of Thrones people from Spain. Uh, we shot it in, in, in Spain. And they just you know the sequence just blew me away so um yeah so that's you know that's uh that was an example of, of you know and like if i was working on a feature it would take me seven years to to get the film produced to see the sequence done or whatever this we just wrote it six months later they shot it and six mm-hmm. months later it was on tv and it was wow it was really cool really yeah. cool so i'm very excited about season two and We got some cool stuff in in store.
1: As am I. I'm very excited. Um, I don't. You know, understandably, I'm doing a lot of streaming and a lot of my art stuff as well, so I don't get to watch as many shows that are out there. Um, And so, you know, this is definitely one of those things I'm I'm really looking forward to.
0: Yeah. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah. It's a labor of love. I love our cast. I love our crew. Love our writers.
1: What was your biggest challenge with? all of this with, especially with COVID. I don't know. You said six months, six months. So I imagine COVID probably was just starting when some of this stuff was
0: happening. We were, um, thank you, sweetie. Appreciate that. Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, we were, uh, in the middle of breaking season two when COVID hit, Mm.
4: um,
0: and actually we were, we were just ready to go to scripts um so it actually the timing worked out kind of well because we were finished with the writer's room we were all going off to our own spaces to to write the scripts uh so so we did and then ever since then every meeting's been zoom and and all of that but it's it's not bad i mean it's you know uh you know i'm, I'm very very fortunate in that voiceover and screenwriting are two jobs you can do from home anywhere yeah 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 so um you know i I can do them from from uh vancouver i can do them from europe i can do them from wherever and so yeah very very lucky that's great
3: that is awesome real quick question i got to ask what's your favorite drink or your favorite drink
0: (laughs) favorite drink yeah Um, (laughs) i drink uh i drink um beer uh, Japanese beer, um, mostly Sapporo, Asahi, and then I drink Irish, uh, Canadian, and Japanese whiskey. Mm. Mm. And that's pretty much it. I don't. It uh, like Jameson. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, you know, and, and Jameson. Jameson's not my favorite. Uh, there's a lot of really good Irish whiskeys. Um, okay. That I that I go for Jameson, you know, Jameson sort of the standard, but I try to I try to branch out into weirder ones and
2: yeah, well, I'll have to do the same then because Jameson it's like, like, like Jameson reverse. got me out of uh, what is it Jack Daniels like once you have Jameson like Jack Daniels you can't do it it's like oh gosh yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
0: yeah the Jack Daniels is, I, I like bourbons as, as well but uh, but Jack Daniels is a little mass produced it's it's gives you gives you a headache yeah so so try good try Tullamore Dew or uh, Teeling whiskey is really good. Um, okay. and, uh, and, and then I, when I was playing ghosts of Tsushima, I'd would drink Toki, uh, Suntory whiskey mm. which seemed appropriate. That's pinky
3: out excellent. while you're playing, too, right?
0: <laughs> What's that?
3: <laughs> Pinky's out while you're playing, right? That's right. Well, I, you know, I
0: start with the pinky out because it just seemed weird. <laughs> it's <a> big class.
2: <laughs> so so just in the, the realm of kind of getting a chance to relax um, as an actor, voice actor, producer, all these amazing hats. So you play Ghost of Tsushima, you play games. What is it like as far as watching stuff? Like, do you sit down and just watch mm-hmm. stuff?
0: yeah um yeah you you know you if you do as much writing as I do, which is every day and it really drains your brain, you have to refill the well, and mm-hmm. so uh yeah, I watch great shows, movies, you know things that inspire me um well I was rewatching aliens last night, uh just taking nice. in the brilliance of <clears throat> that direction and every every aspect of it is incredible mm-hmm. um what else, I just watched Borat 2, which I thought was pretty amazing, and and uh, I think he's so gutsy and yeah. cool for what he does. Also that, that, I don't know if you've seen Borat 2, but- I Haven't seen the two. The girl who plays his daughter, it's one of the greatest comedic performances I've ever seen. Like, uh, she just goes toe to toe with Baron Cohen and is amazing. Um, so I would highly recommend that. Um, I don't know. I watch. I watch all kinds of things, and uh, I, you know, I, I play guitar to sort of relax my brain, and I play video games to relax my brain and to, mm-hmm. learn, you know, to experience stories that I don't create. And um, that kind of spawns
2: two other questions for me. Um, one, I'll ask the second because it's really not as important. But the the first one is, um, as a creator, when you're watching things, and as you said, refilling the well um as a writer because i like i like i write poetry and music and a lot of times like i love i i consume that a lot but you don't want their voice to trickle off into yours do you find you have something that that kind of you have to
0: actively go against that well i you know i think that look stephen king is what inspired me to be a writer in the first place his his writing my entire life has been a massive inspiration and so when I first started writing, I started writing short horror stories, just just like him, not as well as him, um, but I think that writers tend to start out by imitating what they love, you know, and that's okay. You will, as you develop as a writer, you'll find your own voice and you'll find out what you're good at, what you're what you're not good at, what what you need to learn, and so so I don't think there's anything wrong with. If you're if you're hugely inspired by some awesome song or poet or or whatever, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with figuring out what really fires you about that voice and um and finding that element within your own thing. You know, when I was in um, theater school, there's a great actor named Colm Fior, who you've seen in a million things, a Canadian actor, but he's just in. Uh, he plays the uh he plays the dad in the umbrella academy. Oh me. okay. Ah uh, okay. We're just watching um, that now. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Which is really good. So so he came to my acting class and he said a cool thing, which was, was look, if you love Harrison Ford, go do Harrison Ford. Because when you do, it won't be Harrison Ford. It'll be your own interpretation of that. Or you know, whatever actor you love, take those elements and just you know process them through your own brain, through your own voice, whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but of course, you know, on the other side, you want to stand out and you want to you want to be unique. And um, so you got to embrace that, too. So I think it's a balance of of processing the things that fire you, you know, ignite your soul and 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 the things that you're you're good at and and just diving into it. Certainly. And then the last question was, have you watched Cobra Kai? <laughs> I I don't know. I have so many feelings. (laughs) I was told so many times to watch Cobra Kai. And I was a massive, I mean, not only was I a massive fan of the Karate Kid, the first two Karate Kid movies, but I lived that. I was the Karate Kid. I, I was a skinny kid. I learned to fight. I learned karate specifically and then fought back against bullies. That was my life story and it had, and i was the same age as the karate kid so everybody was saying well, you got to watch cobra kai you gotta-. and i'm like yeah, yeah yeah i'll get to it i'll get to it but it was, it was on youtube red which i didn't have and so i never got around then it came on netflix and it changed my life <laughs> like i was just so blown away by that show and it's so it seems so simple and it seems so you know sort of you know light and airy but at the same time to pull off that tone mm-hmm. that perfect tone which is joyful and tense and cool and and it's not dour like like so many things are it's it's and it also as of from a writing perspective you understand why each man thinks the other guy is the bad guy right. like you're completely right. You're like if you were Johnny, you'd know why Daniel was a dick, and if you were Daniel, you'd know why Johnny was a dick, Mm
4: -hmm. and that's
0: so hard to pull off, you know. And all of them, I mean, Hawk, and oh my god, yeah, he needs a whooping is what he needs. (laughs) Yeah, he does. Hawk (laughs) Hawk needs to
3: go back to beginning, bro. (laughs) Hawk
0: needs to go back to being a beginner. And the girl, um, is it Alicia? You know, I love her story. I love every single one of them. I just love these people. Oh, that's I feel. Oh so, yeah, it's... I just love it. So I tweeted about it and the and the um and the creator of the show uh is oh was, I don't want to get it wrong. John Hurwitz, I think. He so he tweeted me back and he's like, Oh, thanks so much, David. I really appreciate it. I'm like, Oh my god, I love this show. <laughs> oh, and nice. I almost I almost was like, I want to write on that show. Um I was almost like I want to write on that show, but then I was like, No, I just want to watch it. I, I just wanna experience it. If I if I go on I'll ruin it. Okay. I haven't I, watched I, it yet,
1: but like you, everyone has been telling me to go watch it. I'm like,
2: okay, I am going <laughs>
0: I fought against yep. it it's and end,
2: like, I really burned through both of them seasons probably in
0: two or three days. Wow. That's great. Yeah. It's <laughs> the you know, it's like it's like so I love the boys, for example, um or or the Umbrella Academy, but they're so bleak. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and so dark. And they're funny, but uh, but in a really horrifying yeah ugly way which yeah. is cool because we you know it's it pushes the boundaries and it's edgy and i love those shows but there's just something so great about watching cobra kai and you just know you're gonna be grinning through the whole thing and just it just so captures the energy of that first film it's I, it, i'm just blown away by it yeah so that's my rant about cobra kai that was Continue, amazing man
3: i i love um my friend actually turned me on to uh, cobra kai because we're I'm a huge, like, like nerd from, like, the 80s. Like, I feel like mm. um, my dad showed well, me I'm a Karate nerd Kid on the 80s. 80s. <laughs>
0: <laughs> same, same. For real.
3: Anyway, I'm and sorry. Then, um, no, 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 you're good. And um, the anecdotal part of all this is just, like, he grew up in Chile watching Cobra, well, um, Karate Kid in the sense. And he was always like, that's so cool. That's so cool. And then he actually watched um, Cobra Kai before me. And he was just like, you need to watch a show. You need to watch a show. You need to watch a show. Watch a show. And then my friend Mark was just like, uh, I don't know. We should watch. We should watch like a like a like Great British Breakout. We watched a couple of episodes and then we went right into Cobra Kai. Two to three days, we were done with both seasons, hands down. It was, yeah. it was, it was like my brain turned off, like for regular, just like normal, you know, brain activity. But then for like the, you know, how it was written, how it was shot. Some of the continuous, like you know, like continuous scenes and continuous angles are just unreal in that show, and it just yeah. makes you. Appreciate just the stunt work. I love stunt. You know, like just like stunt and, and the old stunt school karate and, and just ha- like, yeah. Sorry, go,
0: go ahead. I, but it was like <laughs> as a, as a, so I studied karate. I mean, I studied a few other forms, but but it was mostly karate. And you know, it's not MMA. It's not jujitsu. It's not like kung fu or whatever. It's just old school karate, and I freaking love that. Mm. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Yoda. <laughs>
3: No, no, no. My um my audio is sometimes like uh trying to catch up in time, so no no worries. Am I'm sorry to? if I sound like I'm <laughs> sound like I'm talking over you but I'm not. It's just trying to catch <laughs> up. <laughs> not at all. Not
0: at all. Um, um yeah. And I just think a the final thing about that. I, I just think the world is so crappy and so stressful right now that it's such a breath of fresh air to have something that's it's just fun and not cynical and Mm -hmm. so anyway just really made me happy and i think that's why your brain you know explodes when you watch it yeah
3: it's it's a good it's a good show overall and highly recommended even from mr david Hayter himself but uh go watch it
1: (laughs) yes uh and and, and you you had a very uh you're really good at these transitions here uh talking about bleakness and finding happiness in the world right now in 2020 um these are obviously the questions that may be difficult for some, but uh, I feel like are important to, to bring up because, you know, November 3rd is approaching very soon. Uh, I, I gotta ask, how has, so context. For myself, I've had to distance myself from people that I've known um, from the past who um, who support Trump, like just straight up, who, who just like, oh, I'm all Trump, I'm all about everything that's going on. I've been friends with them them before as they were republicans i have no problem with people being republicans um i just have a, a major issues with trump what how oh, really? oh god uh, where,
0: where do we begin why, why, why is that he seems so nice uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding the man is a, is yeah. A tornado, really. yeah
1: i know you're kidding <laughs> how has navigating the political landscape been for you as someone in this line of work how how has that played out for you
0: um well i work in entertainment we don't have a lot of trump supporters in in hollywood i mean if if we do they keep it to themselves because uh, <laughs> they want to keep working you know look i i agree with you i don't i, I never had a problem with my friends who were republicans but mm-hmm. this is not this is not Republicanism. This is not conservatism. It's just hate and bile and stupidity. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I hear you, man. I, I, if, if somebody is still down with this after kids in cages and, you know, find people on both sides, I I got very little time for you. And, um, but it hasn't really affected my uh, work. I mean, it, it inspires me to try to, present a better message to the world, but I was doing that anyway. I mean, I, Mm -hmm. I always believed in heroic stories and I always believed in that everybody deserves love and respect and, you know, to embrace their own power. So, you know, I just sort of, I think Trump in a way drives the desire for more of that, um, which is good for my business. Uh, I'd rather be gone than have my business boosted, but, uh, (laughs) But we are where we are so um you know and at the same time look the real problem is fox news you know Mm. they created a bubble wherein your 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 friends who are not stupid don't get any real news you Mm. know they're just in this they're in this horrible bubble where they just get fed lies there's a moment in borat 2 where mike pence goes up in front of a thing in front of a group of conservatives at cpac And he says, yeah, so the United States has about 215 COVID cases right now. And we've had uh, one death. And everybody just buys it. And it's like, you know, so I try not to hate um, Trump supporters. I mean, if you get my face, I'll I'll deal with it. but, um, (laughs) but, um, But I try not to hate them because they're not they're just not getting real information, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, you should be smart enough in this world to, to find out what the real facts are. You should, um, if you're supporting this horror for the sake of tax cuts, uh, you're a fool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because you're not getting those tax cuts anyways. And, <laughs> um, uh, and it, yeah, so that's my feeling about it. Have you had to, uh, have you had to
1: distance yourself from from anyone um, in in general? Not even just family, but
0: yeah, yeah. We had some friends. Um, we had some friends that uh, you know had a daughter, it was my daughter's age, and, and uh, you know, super nice people and lots of fun. But they were you know, hardcore conservatives. And then when Trump came around, I'm like, can't can't do it, man. Mm-hmm. I can't. You know, you either either you pull your head out of your ass or we can't hang out mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. you know so uh so there's been some of that we got one of them in my family which is, is just horrifying but i i never really spoke to her before anyway okay um and uh it hasn't really been bad it's only bad on the internet really yeah you know people if i say something positive about biden or whatever you get a bunch of crap but even there i mean the people that follow me are, are pretty pretty woke in general and they they don't um they don't ask me about it unless they want to get blocked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. He's just like I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, and, and well, you know,
0: and you know what else? Like, typically, if somebody calls me out about it and says, "No, Trump's awesome" or whatever, I'll if they follow me, I'll send them a direct message and say, "Hey, man, like, you're buying into a bunch of ugly crap that's really dangerous for the world and for other people," and and and. Sometimes sometimes they're like, you know, fuck you and you suck and blah 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 and Biden's this and that. But sometimes, you know, they love me so much that they're willing to talk it out. And and I really, those are the people we need to convince. You know, mm-hmm. we don't need to convince us.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: But 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 there are younger people who just their family's conservative or whatever. They don't hear anything but this horrible conservative news slant. Mm-hmm. And some of them, you know, wake up. And that's really the people we need to get, so i I really enjoy um and I don't you know unless they get nasty with me i I'm always very respectful with them and and just say, "Look man I, I, you know you might want to look look at this issue or you know i try to I try to wake them up basically, yeah, and sometimes it works most times it doesn't, but that's why, right. yeah.
2: If yeah. it doesn't work, that's when you put them to sleep. I mean, uh, little we'll CQC, you know. I, I knew it was kind I
0: was
3: like, I was like waiting.
0: <laughs> I don't unless they unless they attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's is just, just straight up.
0: Like, it's, it's,
1: it's something stupid. <laughs> go to sleep. Go to sleep. Oh my
3: god. Yeah, um, one, right. one thing go that I. Have. Sleep. <laughs> oh my god um not to get us off topic or anything like that i've just um when you said just like consuming uh like good media and stuff like that there's also another series that me and my uh like friend mark have been watching like crazy it's called high and low it's it's it's, high and low oh i don't know it yep it's uh japanese media it is based off of the um the tv series that they've had beforehand but they have all the movies on netflix and it's very um the storyline is very coherent you can understand it you can uh just kind of brain off enjoy the fight scenes enjoy the um the very well done stunt choreography a lot of the um a lot of the the story uh the story elements are really really well done too and it just goes to show you how how like one little movie or tv series can just explode into this universe and i think that they do crossovers with like um other like japanese fight manga i believe Um, the worst, um, is also part of it. So highly recommend to anyone on the podcast, but I would love to hear what you think on it.
0: (laughs) Where do, where do you, where do you find it? Netflix. Oh, Netflix. Okay, cool. I'll look it up.
3: That's awesome. Awesome.
1: (laughs) Very dope. Um, I don't have any other questions aside from what you've already answered. Um, in terms of chat, they, they asked what your favorite anime was.
0: Well. Well, I like a lot of the ones that I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, um, Castle, Kali- Lupin, Castle Calliostro, And, um, I was the lead in a series called Fushigi Yugi, the mysterious play. Mm. Um, no, Fushigi Yugi. Yeah, yeah. I was Tomahome. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> no way. Miyaka. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, t- I was Tomahome. And, um, so, yeah, but beyond that, uh, actually my daughter, is just gotten into my hero academia and so we've been watching that with her and we're in season four and that's awesome mm-hmm. and uh very very cool. Um I don't know. Uh those those are the ones I know the ones I'm in and I and I know academia. I don't I don't watch a huge amount of anime but mm-hmm. but I do I do love the art form. I mostly love the movies, the Miyazaki movies. Okay. You know, Mm -hmm. you know we just rewatched spirited away and um I've seen them all except for I haven't haven't got through Porco Rosso yet or the wind rises Mm -hmm. but um but I've seen the others that's dope Porco Rosso* was
2: actually much better than I thought it was gonna
1: be
0: yeah I I don't know yeah I just haven't I just haven't committed myself to sit through it yet
1: yeah um those so I'll say here that, you know, we went over the time just a little bit. Uh, if you need to dip out now, again, totally uh, doable, totally workable. If you're if you're hanging out and, and enjoying the show, we can talk about some of the other stuff we have on the channel. And I'm sure chat also
0: has more questions. If... <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, uh, yeah, why don't we do another... My, my computer's dying. I have to see... Let me uh, see if I can find another plug for this because it's not working. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'll stick around for for a bit. Chat amongst yourselves. I'll be right back.
1: Okay, sounds good. Awesome. Uh, so, is the future project with the Lawrence Savior Kojima? Oh, uh, <laughs> that's why
3: I was like. I was, like <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I'm not saying it, but I mean.
1: Yeah. No. I I, <laughs> I will ask those questions. Chat. If y'all have more questions for him that we didn't already ask him, or um, you'd like some elaboration on, uh, please let me know, and we'll be happy to to ask those questions. Um, initially, when we we started discussing and getting this together i only told them you know 45 minutes at most is what it'll be um i'd like to i'd like to pat myself on the back here and say that every one of our guests that we've ever had on here um i i I told them i would it would only be however long they had and uh it's always it's always been longer so i feel good about
0: that
3: (laughs) well i'm always happy to
0: have a good chat yeah
3: yeah it really is (laughs) so i have to ask yeah. your daughter's into my hero academia right now who's her favorite yes. character who do oh you see yourself as oh. and who ah. does she see herself as or her favorite hero or her favorite quirk
0: oh it's hard, hard. let me see yeah i'm sorry um, I just... well, she, no, no 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 she goes on and on about her favorite characters um she loves kurashima uh yeah.
4: <laughs>
0: she loves she loves bakugo and we you know we argue about it constantly because i'm like he has no redeeming features like he, he he's just a jerk all the time and um like you know he's obviously going to end up being a super villain or something like that and she's like yeah. how, how dare you you know you can't, you can't insult kachan just teen angst and daddy issues that's all it is yeah i guess uh, so yeah exactly so um hang on interviewers want to know who your favorite character on academia is comma and your favorite quirk period. We'll see if she answers. Yeah. Um, so, Oh my God, this light is so much better. I wish I'd done this from the beginning. I opened the window. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, and for me, <laughs> she's like, wait, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> That, well, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get a text like four hours. Long. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you, you open the floodgates now, man. <laughs> yeah. um, I, you know, I love so many. Of them. I love All Might, um, which uh, in English is voiced by my friend Chris Sabat, and I think his yes. performance is so good, so good. Um, you know, in our house, it's uh, it's doves, not subs. Yeah, uh, because That's we good. are a voiceover household. Um, <laughs> I know. I, I I I like both versions, but yeah. um, that makes uh, sense. Cool. What else do I like? Uh, I love Todoroki. Mm-hmm. Um, I love uh, Froppy. God, Froppy O'sui. is so
4: cool. Yeah, She's so
0: cool. Oh, sweet. Okay, so so Natasha says Kirishima and Yuyu are her favorites, and Momo Rosu has her favorite quirk. Mm.
3: Wow. Okay, so that's awesome. So she'd like to create all types of like uh, <laughs> just like gear for each situation. So very forward thinking. That's pretty dope.
0: I guess, I guess so. So like it's like why, part- and I'm like because. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> I definitely got the same vibes about uh Bakugo becoming a villain later. Like there was a there was a time I think in season two where they had the where uh he and uh Isuzu had their fight, and mm-hmm. like I feel like after mm-hmm. that maybe less so, but still it's like this part of me who's like he's just going to turn into the villain, and I I'm cringing
0: at the thought of it, but I, it, I'm not gonna speak that on him. Nope. <laughs> Uh you know, me, it, me it, it could oh. it, you know, like I say, my daughter gets outraged when I suggest that, but but um it's uh he could also, you know, go through some arc where he learns not to be such a jerk, but he's he's just like Endeavor, you know, where it's like all he can think about is competition and how powerful he is or whatever, and I'm like, you know,
3: I, I enjoy yeah. watching
0: him as a character, but he's yeah. such a jerk. He's a dick. He's totally a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: He he dude at the beginning he is and then I don't want to say anymore, but if you read the manga, you know that he actually does have Well, yeah, yeah. uh, she's
0: reading the manga like she's up to she's up to the minute So, okay, (laughs) I know that there are things that are paining her about my interpretation of Bakugo, but you know, that's what we got uh, I I, I I only got the information I got. Yeah
3: (laughs) That's right I'm glad as a dad, though, you're kind of identifying these, like, like, no, this guy's nuts. Like, <laughs> I've had this discussion with my girlfriend, too. She's just like, how can anyone like this character? He's literally on the brink of just, like, snapping and killing things. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Well,
0: there's a difference between a character you enjoy and a character you can admire. And I think, you know, I enjoy Bakugo. He's hilarious. But, uh, but kind of a dick. Yeah.
1: <laughs> someone asked a uh, a question that I think I already know the answer to. Um but maybe uh <laughs> maybe not. Uh someone asked if you are going to be or currently working on another project with Kojima.
0: No not not that I'm aware of. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs>
3: I like no, no. Just like mmm mmm mm.
0: <laughs> No, I'm not being coy. I, I don't no. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I feel like we would have
1: heard is. at least a hint of something.
0: <laughs> a little oh, yeah. a uh, maybe. twinkle I mean, in pretty, the eye. We're pretty good at keeping these things secret, but uh but I uh not, I have not been contacted to do so. Much. Oh I did have
2: a question, um, because you know, Gyver is my thing. Have
0: you watched the Gyver anime? Yeah, I watched it for research. Okay. for the movie yeah of
2: course See, I didn't realize it came first until my oh, yeah. you know my adulthood I was like oh i, I see I get it now but
0: yeah <laughs> no well, I got the part I'm like what is this this is the weirdest thing and uh and then they said well it's an anime and so I, I said well can you send me the anime because I didn't have any money and so yeah they sent me a, a sent it to me for free because that's my that's the perks of my job and Guyver one or two <clears throat> sorry
2: guyver one or two like which do you guy. like most? Which her, yeah.
0: uh, the one I prefer? The one I'm in. <laughs> well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I, I, love, I love Steve Wang, and I love Screaming Mad George, who, who co-directed the first one. Uh, Steve directed the second one on his own. Um, you know, the first one is a lot of fun and got amazing creature work or whatever, but it's so silly and sort of goofy and doesn't, yeah. doesn't take it seriously. And I feel like and that's kind of been how i had a career which is taking comic books seriously okay and 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 you know manga anime like they take that those worlds very seriously and so i feel like the tonal shift to giver 2 made it a, a better movie for for me but don't tell uh mark hamill i said that
2: i felt the same <laughs> way because i know what the second one was actually was it was actually rated r wasn't it oh yeah it was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> it was, that, brutal. That was the-
0: Let's say I, 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 I busted up that Rhino Zonoid. <laughs> I, I cracked his hands backwards. I blew his eyes out. <laughs> oh like, man. I, dude, I, yeah. I, I, I finished him off by putting my hand against his head and crushing his skull against the tree. Oh. Like, I mean it's it's awesome. Good time. Good I've never time. seen guy. I've never <laughs> seen it. Now gotta like Oh no. yeah. You, you gotta watch all of them and the anime. Do
1: it. Yeah. Okay. Okay cuz guy was like the the mech suit that had like the blades on the arms, right?
0: Yeah, so we yeah, we, so I'm, season I'm, season. I'm the star of a, the the live action sequel movie.
1: Yeah, I remember seeing the visuals of that, but I didn't see the actual movie itself. So
0: well, not only I mean the creature effects are amazing <laughs> because Steve Wang sculpted the original Predator, and so he sculpted all of these these, wow. these creatures, which is incredible. Yeah, but the but the fighting in it, you know, predates the Matrix, predates, and it's full on kung fu. Um, like our stunt guys were astounding. Wow! So you know, there's like spinning wheel kicks in the air. I mean, it's the the fighting is amazing. In fact, we used examples from *Giver* two for the fight sequences in *X-Men*. Mm. That and makes that awesome. I was sitting in my office working on the script, and the stunt coordinator Gary Jensen walks past, and he's carrying *Giver* two in his hand, a VHS copy, and I'm like, Gary, where are you going? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I'm going to show, uh, going to show the director with this, uh, this movie. Have you ever seen it? And I was like, Gary, turn it over. And so he turns <laughs> it over, and he looks, and he goes, "That's you." And I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Why, is, why is that you?" And it just broke his mind. It blew his mind. <laughs> That's so great.
1: Yeah, it was cool. I love that. More questions from chat. Um, uh, is uh, can you ask if he has met a character he wished he could have voice? Okay, great question.
0: Yeah, I well, I always wished I could I could uh, voice Batman mm. just because I, I love Batman. And yes, he's an inspiring character for me. But yes, um, like Kevin Conrad, you know, so <laughs> iconic, and I love him. So, um, although I did audition, I auditioned to play Batman in the Telltale Games, oh. uh, the Telltale Games uh, game, but I didn't get it. Um so that was that was one um i don't know i mean i i guess that would be the one i mean there's there's things that i see where i'm like oh that's a cool character i, I you know would have been fun to do but i yeah i try not to get too hung up on things i i didn't do yeah
1: and uh, also i love batman you mentioned rpgs earlier like action rpgs are like my main genre <laughs>
0: it's like yeah i love yeah. their yeah, so it's rock uh, steady, right? The rock steady games, the Arkham games yeah. are phenomenal. It's astounding. It's astounding. So, although I love the, I love the, just see the the SNL sketch where Bruce Wayne's talking to people and all the white folks are are like, oh, Batman, you know, he's really cleaning up the streets, and then. All the black folks are like, "Oh, somebody's got to do something about that guy."
4: I saw that. I saw that. that was
0: so funny. I like. Oh no! Oh, oh, Batman! Oh yeah! Somebody's got to do something about that guy. But, you know, my he jumped out of the sky, landed on my cousin, broke his leg. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, man, he beat my cousin up for for walking down the yeah, street, jaywalking.
1: I was the- jaywalking. Uh, something yeah.
0: like that. <laughs> so I'm a little, I'm a little conflicted about, you know, about Batman, Oh my god! But, um, but those games are really good. Yeah, uh, another, Sounds good. Sounds good about that
1: guy. another question in chat was um, is there another character that you voiced that you really wish there was more content to do voiceover for
0: oh, yeah, all of them?
1: Mm. I mean,
0: like I say, this is the best job in the world. I wish we could do 10 more Metal Gear games. I do. Uh, I don't think there's I don't think there's a game that I've done. The only character uh, I couldn't do more of was King Shark on the Flash. Yes, uh, his voice his voice was like "Where's the Flash?" and and it's so rough on my voice. I can't I can't do it for more than twenty five minutes without losing my voice. So yeah. But apart from that, I mean, like I've been doing um, Star Wars: The Old Republic. So I play the 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 lead Jedi male Jedi character, uh, the player character. Oh, no Just, way! Oh, yeah. And so that one we've been doing, and I, the way I got the job was um, the actor who was playing him fell out when they started making the games, and Jennifer Hale suggested me. And so they said, well, what?" she said, what about David Hayter? And they're like, would he do it? And I'm like, "Yeah, play a Jedi? Yeah. All <laughs> right. Um, so, so I started doing it, and we've been recording those games for 12 years now. Or that that one particular game, and it's so fun wow. to just every few months I go in and we go to a new world and I kill a bunch of other people and it's pretty great.
1: That's so cool. Another yeah. qu- another question in chat: uh, Has any anime made you read a manga of it to get more info on a character?
0: Um, it's disappointing, but no, I don't think so. I you know me neither. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I watch the shows, and and that's it. But I don't read a lot of manga. I was given the manga for uh, Promise Neverland because we, we were talking about doing it as a show, but um, that didn't come together. But I did. I was reading the, those manga. That was pretty cool. That is a. That is certainly a dark show. Oh, is really it? A- well, that's why it didn't come together. I was like, I, I don't know how to do this live action. Like, this is so upsetting. And you'd have to, it's kids and, you know, a bunch of kid actors. And I, I just logistically, I didn't think it was for me.
3: That would well, be gnarly, make, though. What's that? That would be gnarly, though. Oh, my Lord. Just a live action. It's like, well, it, oh. may, it,
0: may, it may still happen. I, uh, you know, I don't know. Hopefully. But then no. you were part
3: of that. <laughs> no.
1: Something to potentially look forward to what's a tv show or movie that you'd like to reboot or put your own interpretation on
0: uh well i i uh i can't really answer things like that because it's like people say what comic books do you want to adapt what video games do you want to adapt as soon as i say it somebody else grabs it, no. and
4: it
0: or it's it, happening yeah, or it just, or or people interpret it as I am doing that. You know, it just right. gets complicated. So, it, again, not a terribly satisfying answer, but I I can't really say. That's totally fine.
3: Understandable. <laughs> Fair enough. That's just <laughs> the realities of
0: the internet age.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, someone asks, what sort of principles or practices would you recommend for someone trying to construct voices? Um, you mentioned earlier a little bit about kind of your traditional training in theater and learning about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Learn, you know, I would say take singing lessons to learn to control your breath and your, and your voice. Um, I would take voiceover lessons, you know, study with, uh, with some great pros and, and casting directors. Um, Listen to amazing voice actors and figure out how they do what they do. So a lot of great voice actors like um, Nolan North, uh, Hank Azaria, people like that will, they'll do bad impressions of people, like Mo, the bartender, is is an impression of Al Pacino from Dog Day Afternoon, but done in a way that's kind of different, and, you know Homer so figure out how to do that, figure out you know, can you do an impression can you uh, you know, can you do Michael Caine and then turn it into something else you know, that's that sort of thing. <laughs> Kinda great. blown
3: away, not gonna lie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I told- I, like I recently did like I recently did uh, the video game Bloodstained. Yes. Um You did Bloodstained,
4: and- right? Yes, right, right. Yeah, oh, so God. I played
0: Zangetsu in that, but I also do the opening narration. They were like, Will you oh. do a different voice for this? So So I did a little Ian McKellen. I did my best Ian McKellen and then you know, the days of Bloodstained stained with this and that and Oh no, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Not really Ian McKellen in McKellen, it, but it's kind of a cool, you know, yeah. sounding voice. So a take on it.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's a great a great kind of callback to when you say, you know, if you want to do Harrison Ford, do Harrison Ford, but it, it'll be your own version of it.
0: That's right. In fact, I just did a video game where I was like, oh, kid, you know. What the hell? I did, <laughs> I did my Harrison Ford and but I but when you see it in a different face, it won't won't it'll just be a weird voice, you know. Yeah. Uh, so
1: awesome. <laughs> what games are you most looking forward to? This is kind of touch. You you actually did touch upon a lot of the things that are in the the other parts of the podcast as well, which is wonderful. Um, which games are you looking forward to most?
0: Uh, I can't, I can't remember what's coming out. I like cyberpunk. Uh, yeah. looks pretty amazing. Um, we just had a bunch of cool games. I was really looking forward to ghost of Tsushima. Yes. Ghost of Tsushima. Which I which I loved. It's so beautiful. Um, if you need people to play multiplayer, listen, I'm your guy. That I I appreciate that, but I don't play multiplayer. I I, I play games to get away from people. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel that. That's so yeah. real. <laughs> I don't. Uh, no Call of Duty. Okay, gotcha. No 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 Call of Duty. That's <laughs> why we um, laughed at your Call of Duty. <laughs> no, I, there's nothing wrong with it. And no offense to anybody, I just I just like to shut my brain off. Yeah not deal with the the only online game that i play is uh star wars battlefront um because i love the star wars flying games ship games and so but you know but it's like but playing with like 12 year old people it's like being eaten by ants (laughs) they're just all over you and uh and so i'm like I, i don't, i have no desire to
3: i've never or, heard I, that I, analogy before <laughs> i love that i love that so much that's yeah. just a bunch of dance. yeah or or you know or i'll play
0: like uh, i'm friends with nathan fillion and so i went over to his house and we were playing uh, like halo or something and he just destroyed me like he, he, he's like a 12 year old boy and uh and it wasn't any fun because i kept dying so i'm like i'm gonna go home and play this on my own without you <laughs> Fill in. <laughs> Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. <laughs> I think you're so Captain Mal. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I love
4: that. That's too
1: funny. dude. <laughs> that is really yeah. good. Yeah, I'm also also super looking forward to uh, Cyberpunk 2020. Um, someone in chat <laughs> asked you a, a follow up question. Uh, would you play Phasmophobia? Uh, which I don't know if you've heard anything about that. don't know. I've never heard of it. So it Uh, it, it, it is a multiplayer centric game though, Um, but but it's a, (laughs) it's a ghost hunting game. So you're, you're hunting, you're hunting different spirits uh, in Mm -hmm. abandoned and haunted homes and locations. And uh, it is, you can play a single player. Can't you? I think you can. It's very freaky. It has VR support. Um, you also walk insanely slowly. That's the thing I don't like about it, but yeah, I'm I like truly
3: that. terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you. Um, uh, since you're a fan of a fan of cinema, all of that goes with it. What did you think of Ghost of Tsushima? Like how they um how they honored Kurosawa in such a beautiful and like excellent way. Like, were you playing like Kurosawa mode right from the get? Like everything black and white, traditional. This is going in, or were you kind of like, let me enjoy the colors first and then? Look at like you know the um, this piece of media through Kurosawa's lens, or just like uh, or did you have your own take on it?
0: I love the Kurosawa mode, but I couldn't see very well. Mm. It's harder to see it's it's white, um, and so I kept getting uh, you know shot in the head or or whatnot, which I hated. So um, so I mostly played it in color. I but but I think what they did visually was. It's one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. It's, you know, and having spent so much time in Japan, and I love samurai films, um, you know, for a Western company to execute a, a samurai world like that took yeah. so much respect and talent. And, you know, I was I was utterly blown away by it. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I, I I just loved it. But um, but yeah, the curse ala mode. I I just had trouble. Picking out my targets. Yeah, I can tell totally you. No <laughs> oh, the good color version are so beautiful. I mean, <laughs> you know, but I loved. I loved, oh, yeah. But I love the fact that you could make it Kurosawa like I would change it to Kurosawa mode for cutscenes and stuff like that. And I played it in Japanese, mm. so you know, it was very. It felt very authentic
3: and nice. Actually. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I love it. What's your favorite? Um, if you can remember, if not, no big deal. What's your favorite line of like the whole game? Because there's one for me that at least sticks out pretty well.
0: Oh, I don't recall. What's what's your favorite line? Uh,
3: Honor uh, Honor died on that beach or uh, well, I don't want to spoil the, for anyone that hasn't been right, right, right. but um it's yeah. that delivery and mm. just everything about it and how he's accepted everything up until that point and just realized what's going on and what's going to happen for his future is just kind of like ooh satisfaction. It's mm, just, yeah. ooh. yeah yeah it was
0: very it was very cool again i listened to it in japanese so i I would have gotten a different delivery but yeah but yeah those those moments were amazing yeah um
1: here's, here's a loaded loaded one okay if you could direct your own video game what would it be like
0: uh you know um i've i've Flirted with writing video games and possibly producing video games, uh, but I've discovered it's a very different world. I mean, an entirely different world from movies and and TV. Um, you know, you'd think it'd be similar, but it, it really is not. It's a it's a very specific skill set, um, and so I I just don't I don't really see that being a um, an avenue of my career, you know, if somebody offered it to me and it was a really amazing world and I thought we could execute it in a cool way, I would, I would certainly consider it because I love games so much, but, um, I, I just, I, I, I don't think I could wrap my head around it. Mm. You know, the, 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 I understand setting up shots and I understand directing actors and I understand, you know, production design, things like that. But I, I just, you know, constructing a game seems like a a burden combined with a hassle.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it, that was always one of my dreams growing up is to is to create video games. And, you know, it still is a, a dream of mine. It is still something that I would love to do. Um, but now having the experiences that I've had doing the things I've had, it, it's kind of helped me understand what that would look like a lot better than it did when I first had the dream. which is like you don't realize just how much just how much like pacing will matter with regards to writing out what happens next because in you know a stealth game for example you a player may take an hour on a segment that would typically only take 15 minutes to like a very skilled player knows what they should do generally that can completely throw off every line that comes after that yeah yeah
0: yeah, it's a very it's a very specific talent and yeah and here's the other big secret like i always dreamed of making movies yeah and i've been lucky enough to to do so a few times number of times it's so hard to enjoy your own movie mm. you know it's it's hard for me to watch x-men or watchmen or or whatever and not see all of the mistakes and remember all of the pain and all of the horror that went into it and and it's like steven spielberg i always say steven spielberg is the only person on earth who can't watch raiders lost ark and enjoy it <laughs> you know? yeah like he he just it's it, so you could make a great game but to you it wouldn't be a great game yeah right giant painful like, like or <laughs>
3: yeah. as so. someone that works yeah like closer to video games now more than ever uh-huh. Um, I have very much learned um, the differencing, the difference that um, a lot of different producers, different you know technical writers, all that kind of come in and just create this, this, this experience, and how hard it is to cut certain things out, and how much you need certain things. And at first, I was like, "I'm all for it, let's go." Now I see that, and I'm like, "Oh my god, that is, that is equal parts beautiful and equal parts terrifying." You know, it's, yeah.
0: It's, well, it's work. I mean, it's it's, 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 it's you know, you think by making a Metal Gear that you'll be living Metal Gear. It's like, no, you'll be living rendering and budgets and hassles. And it's, you know, so um, so I'd rather just enjoy games because I, I think my, my creative strengths lie elsewhere. Mm-hmm. That's
3: fair. I love it. Love it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, why, don't, why don't we do one more, and then I should probably get back to my family probably forgotten
1: about me <laughs> <laughs> um that's that, that's my last question actually i i well, uh, well, I've i've run out
0: I've run out your interest
1: trust me i i, I could yeah. go longer um but i i want to be respectful um plus we'll we'll have further que- we'll have further conversations about other things anyway so um
0: well people can always you know find me on twitter and and ask me questions there and um and uh, I, I try to interact with people, you know, that are nice, which most people are. Honestly, and, uh, <laughs> and I got to say, you know, this was such a great conversation, and thank you, gentlemen, for uh, for having me and 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 showing such sincere interest and in being so sharp and engaging. And I wish you all success and love and happiness for the rest of your days. Oh, okay. Same to That's you, man.
2: Tremendously appreciated. Thank you.
0: Yeah, yeah,
3: we're, we're really
1: ha- we're, again, we're really uh excited to have you on the show in, in general, and hopefully, this experience has been uh, <clears throat> the best podcast experience you've ever had.
0: uh Probably the best I've ever had. I would say. I would say. Oh. I would say that. Okay. Okay. I'll take that. No, yeah, pal- I think you can put that on a resume. I think you can just, <laughs> <laughs> just put it. In David Hader said this was the best podcast.
1: Best. Best. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. um Thank you again. Uh, we'll we'll be in touch. I'll I'll let you know where it'll be live
0: everywhere and blah blah blah. Well, that sounds good. And thank you to your fans and everybody who tuned in to listen. Uh, I also wish you love and happiness and success and follow your dreams and go, go into the world and make it better and, and kick ass. One one potential request. Uh, feel free to say no.
1: Uh, using whatever voice you'd like to use. Uh, Could you just say you're now listening to the Black Oni podcast?
0: This is Solid Snake, and you are now listening to the Black Oni podcast. So pay some damn attention. Damn. (laughs) That was. Bruh. Wow. (laughs) That
1: was was great.
0: (laughs) Okay. That was great. Good. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen. And uh, if you need anything else, reach out. And in the meantime, rock on. Be well. Be well. Make sure. Make sure y'all go follow him, obviously. Go follow him, David B. Hater,
1: on Twitter. I'll give you the link right here. That's...
3: Thank you so much. This was so much fun for us, seriously. Let, oh, uh, thank you again.
0: <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. 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 <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead,
3: cheese. Yo, and do will. Do your thing. This is you. You know, I'm just so like,
1: I, you know, I, I, uh, <clears throat> uh I held my composure as best as I could. And that's all you can ask for me. <laughs> that's all you can ask.
3: Hey, yo, chat. Can we just get a check? Will's pants, please? Because I think the man might need a fresh new pair of pants. A chubby a wubby pair. Of, uh, Listen, uh, I ain't trying to get banned on Twitch or to-
1: that, right? <laughs>
2: Switching over though, uh, to uh, Plex Dorm real quick. <laughs> Welcome
3: um, to Black Oni on Plex. <laughs> I just start stripping it. Everyone's just like, no, please put that. No, no, no.
1: <laughs> you know, I, so. I can't say too much about what the future holds for anything that I do right now. So I'm going to leave it at, you know, um, this is the beginning of, of just many more really dope things coming. To what it is that I do here on whatever you're listening on, whether it's Switch or YouTube or or uh, iTunes or Spotify, whatever you're using to listen to this, there are many more exciting things happening in the near future. Um, I want to I want to take a moment to to thank Dream Manifested as well as Yo It's Yodu for coming on to the show as well. I really really do appreciate uh, the two of you also joining. We could
3: go. Yo, Can I just say one thing, though? I just this is this is this is the culmination of your hard work. This is the culmination of always streaming when people would be like, why are you doing this? Why are not you do this every day that you thought of just stopping it and just doing something else? Yo. Yo. Yo.
1: <laughs> I've, I've definitely struggled with that before in the past, of course, just like any creator, really. Um. Yeah, thank you everyone who who's here right now. I know there are a lot of other shows that are competing for time just as much. Um, I know there's a the into the motherlands. They they're doing their thing today as well, and a lot of my communities cross over to that as well. So, thank you everyone for being here in general. Um, this this was more. It was it was for it was definitely a thing that I put on for y'all as well. But like this was a very much a self. Um, satisfying goal for me as well uh, because again you all know you already I don't even have to explain to to you all like how much I appreciate his contributions to my own upbringing as a as a artist as an unknowing artist at the time you know um but yeah I'm just I'm just really proud of of you guys as well you know y'all had some really great questions chat y'all had great questions as well uh, we use a new platform to do the video today, so it's a little different, but it was uh, better than probably what Discord would have been because, oh yeah, you know, if we had oh, cut yeah. out, for example, yeah. it would have just it, all the entire thing would have just been a whole different situation. So, um, yeah, what are you guys getting into later today or, or throughout the week or, or just in general? What, what y'all got going on? Where, where, what can people expect to see out of you two?
3: Well, they won't see this. Just me spamming the crap out of both of you in the in the <laughs> in the Discord chat with uh with just some you know just shocked memes all the time. Just nothing but shocked Pikachu's going down. But no, <laughs> this is great, man. This is this is dude. This is great. It, this is.
1: <laughs> I, sh- I, sh- I I I I didn't even occur to me to like yeah. do that or be like, like it just didn't occur to me because like I was. Running production, so focused. I was focused yeah. on making sure that he was enjoying himself, that you all at home were enjoying yourselves. Um, you did that
3: though,
2: you did but
4: that
3: you though. did it without even, dude. You looked so calm throughout the whole thing, so you're just kind of like, Yeah, that's fine, no problem. In the back of his head, he's like, Why is Chris disconnected? I'm gonna fucking kill him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I, I thought about the possibilities of something happening, and I was like, And it,
3: but. Success. Yes, this is great. This is this is the labor. This is the 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 love. The coming through and paying off dividends. So from one person that you've definitely pushed into the to the position where I'm at right now, the person that you know has started me, galvanized me for to make podcast, be part of podcast, and to chase gaming in a different light. I just want to say, you motherfucking did it, kid.
1: Thank you. Let
2: them happy. See what tears you flow, bro.
3: Damn, Jamil. what you, you want to say?
2: Let them happy tears flow, bro. It's all right. You know what I'm saying?
3: <laughs>
2: it's 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 a milestone, dog, but it's 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 one of many to come. You yeah. already know what it is. You already know the goals. The goals ain't gonna go nowhere because you hit one. Let's keep it moving. The goals just keep That's it right. Moving. Yeah, Let's keep it moving. Sad. But no, for real though, like that was <laughs> out of all the ones I've been a part of, I feel like that was one of the For it to have so much behind it for you, that was probably one of the most the smoothest conversations that we've been able to have with someone of that caliber. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
3: it really was. And the fact that he was she was
2: so easy to talk to. He was engaged. He made it. He made it very easy. So easy. So, so unbeknownst to him, how I mean, you, you, you—I don't know what kind of conversation y'all had prior, but unbeknownst to him, how much he had meant to you and his contributions, like. I know that it, for from me, from my point of view, just as someone who's a fan, it's just a beautiful thing to know that his character, you know, mirrored everything that you were hoping of him. His his ability to talk to us, to laugh and joke, and all of that, and just be palpable. You
1: know what I'm saying? I honestly didn't even know that RPGs were his favorite, and that Batman was his favorite. That's that's me. <laughs> that's Dude, me.
3: That's. I, I, you know what I felt like we were here for though? And this is, this is me being very frank is like, it's like to see we're at, where we're at, we have front row tickets to see like, you know, like a show, like a, like a late night show to come to life. And we're just like, we're, it was amazing. Dude. Like I am pretty, I've gotten better at articulating myself, but today I've just, been, I felt like I'm like, <laughs> so it's been really like super sweet, very down to earth. Made it super easy to talk to us, but also engaged us and actually gave us fulfilling uh, answers to questions because a lot of the times you get very simple or kind of um, just eh, uh, answers. So Mm -hmm. this was very, very well done. And kudos to you. Kudos to Theo Yamil over here. Look at him. Look at him being all. What do you mean? Look at at his smile. What do you mean? I'm going
2: to hit For those of you
3: you that can't. Yeah, okay for those that you can't watch um, if you're watching, listening to this on iTunes uh, Dream Manifested had this grin from side to side look at that with the pearly white side look at this little fucker. this has been great
1: yeah yeah. this is one of the podcasts with Only Dreams DJ Andy which was your first podcast yeah that's right, that's right your Ties for Favorite podcast hey listen I can't promise that every other podcast is going to be as as great as this one was um, but I'll, I'll I'll make my promise to to do my best to try to get it to be that. Whether it's a special guest, whether it's just you know the regular is coming on to just shoot the shit, I'm gonna do my best to make sure y'all have a, a wonderful experience at, at wherever it is you're listening. Um, because that's important. You gotta love it. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. So the thing is, guys, if you came in for David Hader, that's stayed because of the uh, chemistry between um, everyone, appreciate it. Thank you. Um, the, the engagement doesn't stop. Uh they're as humble they are as humble as they are and they are very humble. Yeah. Yeah man. <laughs> it's just
1: great. Yeah. I'm really, really excited. Um a- as for or so uh, I, I we got sidetracked. Uh where can people Sorry, go yes. to find uh you dream?
2: Uh you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash dream manifested. The same for Twitter and Instagram as well soundcloud all those kinds of things dream manifested is the way to go you feel me
3: mm. and
1: what about you it's your
3: <laughs> well um feel free to follow me on my instagram i have started posting um more like uh, cosplay stuff on there again i'm getting that creative urge back again um i'll be hopefully hopefully i keep saying hopefully but um hopefully start streaming um when i get back uh back to boston so that's gonna be exciting gonna set up a new set but please feel free to follow me at yo it's yoru on twitch and uh it's yoru on instagram but thank you Will. where can people find you napkin <laughs>
1: <laughs> everything's black Oni. uh even youtube now we got we got black Oni now so we got like, it we got that shit oh, we got it. <laughs> yes yes God, finally
3: damn, that like eight, that, that, yeah it was like eight. eight years it, it, was, it was
1: a long time um you know, about just you might have, you know, I, 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 my sciences are a little oh congested right now. You know, my eyes are a little, uh, you know, there's onions being cut uh, near me. Thank you all so much. Uh, I, I might be live again uh, later, um, or I might just be working on all the other shit I have to do as well, or working on uploading this to all the other locations that you can expect it. But uh, thank you all so, so, so very much. We're going to bring this love to another broadcaster to help make their night amazing but if you would all just join me in doing that that would be wonderful wunderbar